Amen. Call lessons from the Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And at first, I thought it was going to be, I, I wanted to share, I, God just had me reminiscing, you know, over my life, and I wanted to share lessons that I have learned as a father. Amen. But it's like, as I kept trying to just read and stuff, God just kept revealing to me that that was insufficient. Amen. Because I'm not your father. Amen. I'm just the father of a couple of people in here. Amen. But if he say, if you do lessons for me, amen, then you got everybody covered. You got everybody covered. And so I, I want to start, I want to start on today um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I, I want to start with the 11th verse. Amen. And y'all can remain seated. And it reads, it says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Amen. And that was the first scripture he gave me. And that I was just, that's what caused me to start reflecting over my life. I started to think about a childhood and Amen. The transitions that I made once I got saved at 24 and what it's been like since then. Amen. But like I said, it just kept feeling like it was insufficient. Just focusing on me. Amen. But the verse, that verse, that 11th verse wouldn't go anywhere. It kept like I knew that was the verse I was supposed to be speaking on. And so I just continued to read. Amen. And if you know anything about reading your Bible, you know, you should not only, I read that one verse, and what we do a lot of times, we take verses in isolation. We read one, and we don't read the others. So at first, I, of course, I read the whole chapter, and then I read the chapter before it, and the chapter after it. And, but I'm saying all that to say, after I read that 11th verse when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. I simply asked God the question, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you, what do you want me to say, God? And he, when he told me to read the rest of the chapter, you know, the chapter starts off. It says, this is the first verse. This is 13 and 1. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. And depending on what translation you read, that charity translates to love. So if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, have not charity, I become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And so when you read that whole chapter, amen, you realize that God is giving a lesson. The Father is giving a lesson on love. Amen. And when you are a child, you think about love in childish ways. Amen. You speak about love in childish ways. You understand love in childish ways. But when you become an adult, when you become a man or a woman, when you grow up in Christ, you put away childish things and you begin to think about love differently. And so as I go into this first, this, this first sermon on lessons from the father, right? The, the, the first thought is just, you know, it doesn't matter what you say. Amen. And I'm not just saying, when I say that, I'm not just saying you just run off at the mouth and say crazy things. But love, when you went real love, you can talk all you want about real love. And you know, when, 
I, if you've been in church long enough, you know that love is like the it's like the go to message when you speak in the church, right? Everybody feel like they can speak on love. How you supposed to love people and not be mad and forgive? Anybody can speak on love. But that 11th verse, like when you're a child and you speak as a child and understand as a child and think as a child, but when you become a man, right? So God is letting us know that there's this, when, when you grow up, when you're really in Christ, you start to think about love in a different way. Hallelujah. God done did a number on me, y'all. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so full and tired at the same time. If y'all just knew what it's taking me to taking a stand up here, amen. Hallelujah. But I began to think, I began to think about, I, I came to all of this, y'all, because I was thinking about my family and whether or not I'm doing a good job of loving my family. Whether I'm doing a good job of loving my wife. Whether I'm doing a good job of loving my children, loving my parents, loving you all as a congregation. That's how I got here. Right? And God was just saying, you know, he was talking to me specifically. He was just saying, right, in order to really love somebody, it has to be a mature love. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you say. And Brother Marcus, you don't even have to keep up with these slides because I don't forgot all my talking points. It doesn't matter what you say. Amen. That second verse says, though you have the gift of prophecy, right? Though you understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith that could remove mountains, but you don't have love, you are nothing. So God is like, it's like he was saying to me, it's like, son, no matter what you do, he says, I don't care what you do with this church. I don't care how you prepare sermons. I don't prepare how you, how, how you, how you teach these things. If you do it and you don't have love, it don't mean nothing. And I think that we have come to a point now where, and it's probably been this way forever, but this is the only time I have lived in, so I got to speak about now. I think we have come to a point where we have made church about everything except love. We have made church about everything except love. And I'm even, like, y'all got to stay with me, I'm even talking about the spiritual things. We, some people go to church just for the prophecy. They go to church just for the feeling. They go to church just to be seen. They go to church just to dress up. They go to church just to network and be around other people. But it's a mature type of love that's going to really save somebody's life. It's a mature type of love that's really going to move something. It's a mature type of love that's going to allow you to minister, right? So I and when I say minister, I'm talking about actually care for the souls of the people that's around you. And like I say, I started with my family. Like I, my question was, God, when I say, am I loving my wife? Am I ministering to her? When I say, do I love my children? I'm talking about, am I ministering to her? When I talk about loving the congregation, I'm talking about ministering to you all. Not just standing up here with my spiritual gifts, because preaching is a, is a, is so if you can do it, it's a gift, right? Right, but it, and, and I can stand up here, I can read these verses. I can even, if I had the gift of quoting scripture, I could quote those scriptures. But if y'all don't feel like Pastor loves me while he's doing it, if you don't feel like Pastor cares about me, if my son don't feel like my daddy loves me, then I don't care if I'm speaking in tongues. It don't matter if I'm speaking in tongues. 
It don't matter if I'm laying hands. It don't matter if I'm coming to church every Sunday. If he don't feel like I love him. If my daughter don't feel like I love her. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That's what that's what these verses are saying. None of that matters. Right? It even says, right? It doesn't even matter what I do. It says, the third verse says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Right? I, I see all of these people posting pictures about what they're doing on social media. And it's good things. You going and giving out turkeys. Fine. But why are you really doing it? Is it really love? Because them people, after they eat that turkey, what condition they soul going to be in? It's fine to feed them. Y'all under, please understand what I'm saying. At the end of the day, love has to be the reading. It has to be the reason, right? And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body even to be burned and have not love, it profit nothing. And so as I go through it and, 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 I'm, and I feel myself winding up because I feel like the Lord has already moved on today. I hope this is blessing somebody. Amen. I want to talk about what love actually is. Right? And I read the 11th verse. I talked about putting away childish things because this is where, this is how you can start to gauge your Christian maturity. I don't care about how long you've been in the church. But at the end of the day, what God is really trying to say is, if you can't demonstrate these things I'm about to read, that means you don't have love. And if you don't have love, then all the things that you've been doing has been in vain. It says that charity, love, suffereth long. You have to be willing to go the distance with people. You got to be willing to go the distance with people. And my Bible tells me that God is not a respecter of persons. Meaning he's willing to go the distance for each and every one of us in spite of what we're doing. And you might be saying, Pastor, with you, but I'm not God. I don't know if I can go to... I'm not saying that sometimes you won't have to step away from people from seasons in their life. But they should never leave your prayers. They should never leave you. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care how they hurt you. They should never leave your prayers. And if God so fits to send them back your way to restore or renew that relationship, you got to be ready. You got to be ready to receive them like open arms. You got to be ready like, like the father was ready to receive the prodigal son. That's love. You got to be willing to go the distance with your children. They might not be doing right right now. They might be approaching 30 and still ain't doing right. Approaching 40 and still ain't doing right. You got to be ready to go to difference. I don't care when God saved you. If he saved you at 70, as long as he saved you, you got to be willing to go to difference. Love. Love suffers long. It says that love is kind. It envieth not. Love, right? Love don't get jealous of other people's success. Love don't get jealous of other people's blessing. Love don't get jealous of other people's breakthrough. Like, I, I don't want to get jealous of your stuff because I want that for you. I might like, sometimes you got to love people so much that you want they breakthrough more than they want they breakthrough. You got to want something for them more than you want it for yourself sometimes. Right? They might not even understand what God got in store for them. You got to like, let me hold on to your stuff for you until you can get it. I'm not going to let you go. Instead of getting jealous when they get it, talking about when it's going to be your turn. That's not love. Right? When you're a child, that's how you think. Like, if you don't call me on my birthday, you don't love me. If you don't give me a Christmas present, I ain't giving you no Christmas. That's childish thinking. Amen. 
Right, if you don't hug me, I ain't hugging you. That's childish thinking. Real love goes past that. It's kind. Right? It envieth not. It doesn't vaunt itself or puff itself up. Love is not looking for anything in return. It's not prideful, right? Love don't want to be seen. Right? Love don't want to be seen. Love don't want to be seen. And I keep saying that over and over again because when you really love somebody, you're going to want to do something. You don't, you don't want them to get, they, you don't want them to know where it came from. Amen. Why? Because you want God to get the glory. Amen. You want them to, you, you know, you're going to hear him talking and they're going to be like, I just feel good. I just, I don't even, I don't even know what it is, right? I can't even describe it and, 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 and I can't even explain it. How good. And eventually, as God begins to reveal, right, it might be some years later, and somebody come back and say, you know what, sis? I thank you for what you did for me five, ten years ago. Right? I thank you for what you, I thank you for how you didn't let me go. I thank you for how you didn't give up on me. There's so many people today, you know, the Bible says when you do your, when you do all your stuff out in the open, that's your reward right then and there. That's it. That moment in time, right? When you do your stuff out in the open, that's your reward right there. But when you love people in secret, when you working, right? When they sleep, you up praying for them. When they sleep, you up working on their behalf. That's real love. They don't even know that you're doing it, right? Why is that important? Because they're showing you're doing it and you're not looking for anything in return. When you want to be seen, you want any, I don't care what it is. When you put your stuff out there to be seen, when you put your love out there to be seen, you're doing it for a reason. When you that's why I, that's what I was saying about them turkeys. When you post that picture, you're doing it for a reason. Because you could have just fed the people and not been seen. So if you post a picture of it, what's the real reason you posting the picture? You want somebody to say, "Ooh, they so good. They good people." Right? Real love don't do that. Real love make people say, why you love me so much? It confused, real love confuses people. Right? How, how did I come to that conclusion? Because that's how God loves me. It confuses me. It confuses me how he loves me with all, like, all my faults. And he, he still loves me. And I'm like, why me? Why would you choose to bless me so? And so I'm like, God, if you if you loving me like that, then if that's the standard, then I need to be loving my wife like that. I need to be loving my children. I need to be loving my church like that. If that's the standard, if that's what love is, right? Glory. It does not behave itself unseemly. Seeking not her own and is not easily provoked. Thinking no evil. That easily provoked y'all. Right? Real love don't switch up when you get your feelings hurt. Real love still cooking. Go get your wife a glass of water after she done hurt your feelings. Real love still buy your children Christmas presents after. <laughs> They done cut up. You still got to give them some one thing. I'm just using all these silly examples because I want y'all to understand, right? I want you to understand that real love don't, it doesn't switch up based on emotions. 
Because if that's the case, none of us deserve to be loved. Because we switch up on God all the time. Our devotion and our praise and our doubt and our trust and all of that stuff, we switch up on God all the time. Love is not easily provoked. It keeps no record. It keeps no record of wrong. It's seeking no evil. Right? And I'm saying all of this. I love the sixth verse. It says rejoice not in iniquity. Right? So I'm telling you about loving people, but love don't mean you put up with mess. Love means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out on your mess, but I'm not going to stop loving you through your mess. Right? I can't, I can't, just because I love you does not mean I'm going to tolerate your sin. The next part says, but I'm going to rejoice in the truth because the truth is going to do what? It's going to make you free at some point. Right? The truth is, no matter what you do, even in your sin, I'm going to still love you. And hopefully, the Bible tells us that God's goodness should lead us to what? Repentance. So my thing is, if I love you hard enough, you ain't going to be able to help but turn at some point. You ain't going to be able to help but switch up at some point. Some God is like, we just got to believe that about our friends, about our family, about our co-workers. If I just love you, if I just love you enough, at some point, something's going to have to change. Something's going to have to switch. That seventh verse says that love beareth all things. Right? It believeth all things. And that's the part that sometimes we get shaky in. We start to believe that God can't do it. My Bible tells me that love covers a multitude. It covers a multitude of sins. Right? Any math teacher tell you when you multiplying, what's happening? Stuff is increasing at an exponential rate. Love covers a multitude of sins. It believes in all things. So no matter how bad it is, I love you so much that I'm going to choose to believe that one day this thing gonna switch around. I'm going to I love you so much that I'm going to believe that your addiction's gonna follow. I'm gonna believe, I'm gonna believe that your breakthrough is coming, even though it don't look like it, even though I can't see it, even though you at your lowest right now, I'm going to choose to believe that it ain't gonna always be like this. That something is gonna that's what love makes you do. It makes you hold on. It makes you hope all things and endure all things. No matter how God, how hard it gets, love makes you hold on. Right? Eighth verse says that love never fails. Right? But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they shall be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Right? One day past ain't going to be here to prophesy. But the love of God will never leave you. Right? Right? That's what Paul is saying. Sometimes we, we, some, we're putting so much energy, so much energy into the things of church instead of energy into really loving people, showing up for people, being consistent for people, right? Praying for people without ceasing, loving people no matter what. That's what all our energy needs to be. That's what's going to move something. That's, what's, that's the faith that's going to move a mountain. That faith, that hope, that trust, that love will never fail. All those other things shall vanish away. The ninth verse says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which in part shall be done away. I don't have all the answers, but I know that his love will never fail. I know that he's promised to never leave me or forsake me. 
I promise, I, I know that his, that his yoke and that his burden is easy and his light. Like, I know all of these things about him. I don't know all the answers, but I just choose to believe. I just choose to believe that God's got me. So right now, I just know in part, but I'm waiting for the day when I will understand everything else. I understand his bigger picture. I understand why I'm waiting on that day. So as I come to a close, I'm back at the 11th verse, and I, I just, I encourage you all to put away childish things. I encourage y'all to love people maturely. They don't have to do nothing for you to love them back. They don't have, like, they, people don't have to do nothing for you, for you to love them. Just love them. That's what God, like, the Bible says you should know them by the what? The love they show one for another. That, that is, love is the qualifying characteristic of a godly person. Love is the characteristic. That is the number one characteristic. And I've used all of these terms, but I need y'all, like, I need you to make it personal. I need you when you're talking to your sister or your brother, and you get out of character, ask yourself, now, what's that love? When you're talking to your spouse and y'all getting out of character, ask yourself, now, what's that love? When you're talking to the people on your job, ask yourself, now, did I do that in love? Right? God is asking us to begin to love maturely. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known, right? So once again, Paul is just saying, right, right now, everything look murky. It's, it's kind of, we can't see it totally clearly. But one day, I'm going to know even as I'm known. And what does that mean? How does God know us? He know all about us. One day, he going to tell us all about it. Y'all stop trying to, stop trying to. Some of y'all can't move forward because you got, you want to have the answer first. That's not faith. You're going to be stuck in the same spot Going round and round in a circle because you're trying to figure it out. Just trust God. Trust God. And the last verse says, and now about it, faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity, is love. Amen. I'm coming in. So my, my first lesson, amen, the first lesson from the Father is the greatest of these things is love. I have no idea if that sermon made sense, but God, I thank you for your word. But like I say, the whole premise was, God, like, I want to I wanna mature in you. And one of the things that stops us from maturing in God, one of the things that stops us from being great, right, from having great marriages, from having great children, from having great businesses, one of the things that stops us from being great is fear, right? You may say, what they got to do? How you going to switch up? How you about to say love? How you going to switch up to fear? Does the Bible say perfect love? Pass out all fear. When when you just like, I don't care what, what it is, I'm just gonna love. 
Your fear go away. You ain't looking for nothing in return. You don't care what it's going to cost you. You're not trying to figure out what you're going to lose. You're not trying to figure out what you got to sacrifice. You're not trying to figure out if they're going to love you back. You're not going to try to figure out if they like you as much as you like them. Perfect love going to cast all fear. You're going to be able to step boldly and be like, I'm here. You can do it. Down. Do it. That's maturity. That's maturity. That's something, that's something different right there. Just give people, whatever you're doing, give people your best. Give them, love them. When I say give them your best, I'm not talking about your best product. I'm talking about your love. Because if you put love in it, it's going to be better than you could have just done on your own without love. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to um, 